Hello, awesome marketer. Let me ask you a question before we start today's episode. Are you looking to plan your content calendar more efficiently, save time across your team, and publish social content like a pro? If so, you're in luck, because Planable allows you to do this and much more. Planable is the content collaboration tool that makes it easy for marketing teams to preview, plan, approve, and publish social media content six times faster for Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, YouTube, Google My Business, and TikTok, all in one place. So go to planable.io slash old school to find out more. Our podcast listeners will get 30% off for three months by using the coupon code old school after choosing the plan that fits your needs. Once again, go to www.planable.io slash old school and get 30% off for three months by using the coupon old school at checkout. I cannot wait to see you breezing through your content and your plan like a pro. Welcome to Alt Marketing School. We are proudly bringing together a new wave of marketers, just like yourself. We want to provide you with the skills to speak to your audience perfectly, empower clients with winning strategies to market their brands, champion their values, and make a positive impact in the online world. My name is Fab, and I'm your host. May the class begin. Becca is swaying. There's a swaying Becca going on right now and I'm already enjoying this. This is the vibe that we're giving you today is a floating, flowing Becca and uh, <clears throat> three coffee fab. This is literally <laughs> where I'm at right now. Three already? But one of them was decaf. Does it count? Okay, that no, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. The two okay, already? We record this quite early. <laughs> uh, Okay, can I use the Italian card? Is it allowed? Is that well, you know, Italians coffee? Mm. I mean, yeah. I mean, I suppose I feel like you need to have like if you were a superhero, you'd have like a cape with whatever coffee is your preferred coffee, like the logo on it. Like you would be the superwoman of coffee. What about beans? Actually, like a cape, like with like printed oh, beans. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. Maybe you could like fire out beans. Like that would be. <laughs> I mean, it helps if somebody's trying to attack you. Imagine it, loads of beans in your eyes. Just be like, oh. Um, you know what it reminds me? This is so niche, everyone. I was reading uh, Dave Grohl's autobiography and book called The Storyteller, which if you don't know, dear listener, and you want to send me memorabilia, I'm a massive, massive Foo Fighters fan. And I'm talking about massive only seconded by The Doors. So The Doors is my favorite band, but then Foo Fighters, obviously, they're all alive and kicking, so that helps. Anyway, so I was reading the book and I absolutely love it. I finished it over the weekend. And there's a lot about Embrace Your Weird, which that's what we're all about, talking about coffee beans shooting out of your <laughs> of your hands. Um, but also it talks about its obsession with coffee, which I already knew about. So I'm going to tell you this little anecdote and then we'll crack on, but it's really funny. Obviously, if you don't know Dave Grohl, it might not be as funny, but you can just replace him with me because I could see that happening. So he realized that he was having too much coffee because uh, one of his side projects called uh, Dan Crook Vultures, 
they would always go around having coffee all day because it was doing so much. Apparently it was working like 16 hours per day doing different things and different projects. Yeah, I know. Obviously a lot of it was music as well. So you had to have the energy and it was doing drums for, for the side project. And so what it would do, it would shout fresh bot whenever it needed some more coffee. So if I'm going to have to put in the show notes. So if you go onto YouTube and just watch the fresh bot a video. It was so funny because it said that video has got more hype than the actual album that we were recording at the time of this fresh bar. Again, if you don't know they've grown, it might sound like a madman and it's still funny. If uh, you do know uh, Dave Grohl is like a madman shouting fresh bar and then you can see him drinking coffee on like on end. So just watch the video, then replace him with my lovely face and that's pretty much how I could have end up, especially when we're doing any cohorts of marketing school where I'm like starting to work at a finishing at 8 30 p.m. just kind of like talking to students and they're like fab because some energy and I'm like fresh butt <laughs> I love I love this I feel like this is the coffee content we need this is good <laughs> you're welcome to be honest i this is going really meta, but we talked about audio last week. And so I was reflecting a lot about podcasts and stuff. And I realized that the podcasts that I do love the most are the ones where I get a bit of a banter and understanding from the co-host. I think that there's a lot of that as well. And because we naturally do that between the two of us, I think it's nice to be able to have that. And however, actually not end, it's really easy when you are, you know, when you are kind of hitting record, especially before you get used to it to feel like you almost almost have to switch I don't know if I don't know if I'm making sense but you feel like okay and now is recording mode and you lose a bit of that natural kind of flair so you know I'm always keen to bring you back in not not that it's easy not that it's hard sorry for for us it's quite easy actually between you and I yeah we've got we've got the vibes I remember years ago um actually not that many years ago but a couple of years ago there was um a podcast and it was really promising and it was about I think it was about social media and I was like oh this will be good this will you know be great I'm interested and I listened to it and it was so disappointing because it was literally like we are reading from a script for the whole time and there is no bouncing around between the two hosts and it is very sad and you know I couldn't listen and I was like oh I had such potential because it was on something that I wanted to listen to but I completely agree when there's like natural you don't need to suddenly put on like you know you're not a newsreader all of a sudden just because you're on a podcast you know you can be you can be yourself you can be nice and normal and happy and vibes and spring has sprung I'm happy can you tell (laughs) (laughs) spring has sprung coffee caffeine is like literally (laughs) streaming through my veins right now so you can tell between the two of us we got a new renewed that en- oh you know what team i'm embracing it renewed energy i'm embracing it beck and i are flowing and to be honest last week i think let's see see how, how i naturally flow into the conversation but last week i feel we really tapped into well definitely twitter there was a lot of twitter chat but also the whole audio content i think it really showcased different things are happening when it comes to the medium and then I was reflecting about this week because obviously we're going to tie in with some of the stuff that's happened recently but also just to give us a bit of a a direction with it I was like well video content is still however very going very very strong and on that note can you imagine where I'm going to lead so if Becca is talking you know we're going to lead to TikTok if Fab is talking then we're going to lead to Instagram most likely but the reason why I was thinking about this is because 
that was at the end of last year, beginning of this year, maybe uh, beginning of this year, when it came to video content versus photos and pictures, there was this conversation about like photo dumps, which we mentioned a few times. And then it went even deeper into how actually from celebrities to public figures to even people like mere, mere humans like ourselves are actually really jumping into this ugly trend or this more natural raw unfiltered trend when it comes to Instagram, when it comes to pictures. And on top of that, you see that obviously that this push for reels, this push video content. So I think hopefully social media managers, marketers and professionals alike, and even creators now kind of know which content to focus on. But I found it really interesting because where I'm seeing that going, first of all, the old article from Vice, it was, about why everyone's Instagram looks ugly now. I think it really reflected that, like even before actually people put their hands up and said, yeah, okay, Instagram wants us to do reels, we got it. I feel quite naturally there was almost like a sigh of relief from a lot of people that were quite active on the platform to be like, not everything has to be over stylized. And then you can take it two ways. You can take it the way of just focusing on the video, but as people still wanting to showcase some of their content, what I find is that, other carousels work really well, but also these unfiltered recaps or recollection of some of the things that have happened. It's kind of what people want. And I'll finish off this and I want to hear Becca's thought, because this is a obviously a wider conversation. It's not just use just yet. I was listening to a podcast again, talking about podcasts where people kind of feed off each other called Sounds Like a Cult, which I would recommend by the way. I do listen to weird podcasts, but, um, and they were talking about this and I want to hear your opinion, Becca, because it ties in. Uh, they were saying, is it funny that now you see all of these Instagram photo dumps or kind of like photo carousels? And it's almost like when people were doing their albums on Facebook or photos, is this really the end of Instagram? And it kind of made me smile a bit and think, I don't know if that's the case, but I think that might be that this new trend or this new direction is almost marking the unwitting end of Instagram as the photo platform, which I know they've been talking about. We're not a photo sharing platform for a very long time. Mm-hmm. I know that. Mm-hmm. But I feel that all of these things coming together, despite some of the features that they're still trying to push, really shows that you know, video strategy is the way to go on Instagram. We would kind of have to put terms with it. Yeah. This is my monologue. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. I'll <laughs> let you now tell me what you think. <laughs> it was a long, long stream of thought, but I don't know. I wanted to start with something kind of a, a bit more forward thinking. Prediction hat comes on straight on, like right down on the episode. Yeah, no, I think it's good. And I think I agree. And that's really interesting, actually, talking about how back when we all used to post those albums on Facebook with way too many photos what's worrying is I think about my Facebook profile I'm like they're still sitting there like I might want to go and adjust my privacy settings on some of those because people do not need to see that right now but yeah and now we've kind of come full circle and that's what people are doing with their Instagram photo dumps I do like it and I think although it's a little bit I feel like that there is now a uh, I don't know I feel like there was a short window of time where these photo dumps were genuinely quite candid and now I feel like, oh, because it's become a trend, because people are like, oh, I'm going to post my you know weekly photo dump or monthly photo dump, however often they want to do it. They're kind of getting candid photos for the sake of it, which almost does that make it not candid? Is there still some element of like the Instagram sort of posing mentality kind of thing underlying there? 
yes but i also think that as you said you know i've got to got to think with my tiktok brain right now tiktok was a really nice way for people to move into less polished content you know you can film a funny video in your kitchen and that's perfectly acceptable you know that is that's kind of the done thing rather than okay i need to get this super fancy backdrop or I need to go to a really pretty part of town and get some like nice tree and a nice wall in the background that's a certain color to go with my Instagram like color palette and all of this there's so much like when you put it like that it's like oh why would anyone want to do that like just filming in your kitchen or your house or wherever is much more appealing so maybe I like to think the popularity of TikTok and the ease of making content and people who don't have access to going out to fancy houses and taking photos in front of a wall. I know I'm generalizing here, but, you know, run with this example. You know, I think people have seen that and gone, oh, actually, I can post the in thing on Instagram and I don't need anything. Like, if anything, it's made it quite accessible to more users, which is probably also why it's quite popular. But yeah, it's fun. And Oh, it does make me wonder, though, like you're saying, like, is this the end of Instagram? Is this the beginning of the end? Hmm, don't know. But if it goes, where will people post photos? You know, where's the place? That's a good point. It's kind of interesting because I feel LinkedIn, some people actually are more open about posting some more personal-ish LinkedIn photos. But then again, it's not the same. And also, for example, I find that my friends that probably excuse me don't see me on Facebook anymore like she gone they actually some of them started to follow me on Instagram and I find that stories are like a good place to kind of give people a bit of a highlight to what's going on but as you said and as you rightfully said is like obviously stories are still videos they can be stills but it's still very different they they go away so it's almost like how can you leave that mark so I feel that obviously Instagram is video sharing with a sprinkle of photos just because of that because I think that platform realizes it almost encourages people to use photos for achievements celebration landmarks over maybe some of the other things so I feel I again that's obviously I asked a question that was really controversial like is it the end of Instagram just to spike us up but I don't think it is because we talked about it a few times before Instagram still has a demographic that is obviously still really active on social so millennials like myself Oh, both ourselves, I think. We're both millennials. So uh, it's kind of hard. I always I always forget like where, where is the age gap because it's like such a, a weird time. But so, you know, millennials like ourselves, I was doing research for an article I wrote on millennials and Gen Z, and we talked about that actually quite a lot. They are more likely to switch between platforms. They're less committed. You know, they kind of are happy to be with their community, but they also want to try new things. Funnily enough, uh, Gen Z, which you would expect to be maybe more open to that, they actually, when they find their community, that's where they want to stick around. So it's almost like I can see millennials now kind of like maybe being a bit more consistent with TikTok. If that's, you know, they're professionals or marketers, they're like, well, let's go there as a platform. There's a bit less resistance to that. Um, so I think, you know, Instagram, I think more than anything, Instagram might not die in the, the, the sad death of Facebook. But it might plateau. You know, I think there might be an element of plateauing in some ways. And I wonder whether something that is really exciting that came out in the last couple of weeks. So I'm actually kind of twisting it. Something exciting is actually a representation of Instagram's desperate grips into trying to make things work, as in to retain their users and to keep them as active as possible. Because what they did, which is exciting, but it makes me think, 
is they launched a new creator lab uh, and it helps creators maximize their on-platform performance and experience. So again, I think eventually, as we were asking ourselves, are the platforms actually figuring out where do they want to put their strategy when it comes to which audiences they want to focus on? I feel Instagram is almost kind of throwing the towel on some audiences a bit more and be like, you know what, let's really maximize creators and their work with brands because that brings them money, brings Instagram money, and also obviously keeps the creators active. So that's where I'm looking at this creator lab and I'm thinking maybe that is part of that as well, is actually encouraging them to stay on the platform, to actually be strategic around the platform because these two audiences have a lot of strength. And it feels, again, kind of slightly taking a leaf out of TikTok, unsurprisingly, by doing it. Once again, this is there's so many hats already throwing. I guess it's the 17 coffee that I've had. But <laughs> this is what I'm thinking. This is what, <laughs> this is what my coffee is feeling, like <laughs> conspiracy theory hats. But that's, that's what I was, was thinking, genuinely. Mm-hmm. It was like, well, this is great, but also... Why is this happening? And this is all, is this all related? You know, is Instagram eventually showing a bit of strategic thinking here? Yeah, I think, I think it is good. And I, that last point, especially strategic thinking from Instagram is good because I feel like they have, Instagram have a history of being quite secretive, being very unclear to users what's actually going on. And now maybe within, I guess, like the last year or so, it feels like there has been a shift and we find out things before they're going to happen you know I feel like we get a couple weeks notice like by the way guys we're gonna experiment with this different feed or we're gonna try this or you might see this test happening which I think does help build that trust between creators and the platform and hopefully goes a long way if they are you know on the fence about oh should I concentrate my efforts on Instagram or should I swap over this is like a nudge in the right direction to stay and I also feel like this whole kind of concept of a like learning hub basically where you can go in is good because it's going to hopefully become like a source of truth because I know in the past as well when Instagram haven't been transparent you would have all of these theories floating around about okay this is how the algorithm works this is the impact that hashtags have, which we've found out is maybe not as big an impact in terms of reach. And you just have all of these theories going around, no source of truth, so you wouldn't know what to believe. So hopefully this helps kind of make some of that feel a bit more concrete. And if you know, if you have a goal that you're trying to achieve, it's probably going to be in here and, and kind of give you that concrete guidance. I also like it because I, and I think Instagram have had to do this, because I know from on TikTok, if you go into their like creator hub uh, sort of version, they've got so many resources, you know, ebooks, quizzes you can do. Like they're really going big on the kind of education element. Like this is how you can get the most of our, out of our platform. This is the best practice. This is, you know, here's some stats. So you can take this to your, you know, if you've got to tr- prove a point at work to a client, for example, in uh, TikTok, just have all the stats to help you like get that win so I think Instagram have to do this they've got to because and I'm I'm quite glad they are actually because it's like yeah you have to keep up with TikTok and if you've got two platforms both of which are now very video centric you've got to prove to you know x brand over here to use this platform or whatever it's like well you've got got to 
going to make it the competition decent Instagram you know so hopefully all credit to Instagram I think this works in their favor so I can say positive things about Instagram even though I'm a TikTok queen at heart (laughs) I love it I love it it's like see I'm not biased and we know and we knew that Becca so thank you We, we definitely knew that and and I agree with you actually. So you, you helped me reframing it a bit. I was already going with like a little conspiracy theory hat on, but you helped me reframing it a bit. And I'm not even saying that I was negative. My you know my, my thinking. I just find it interesting, and I agree a hundred percent. In a way, it almost shows that Instagram is really looking at the creators and monetization for creators over other things, and. Um, and especially with another quick um, addition, which I think has been uh, rolled out only, only mainly in the US as in widely, but we're definitely going to see everywhere as well, is that as is also opening up even more e-commerce listing and opportunities, now users can tag products in their posts. It starts in the US and obviously it's going to come up everywhere else really quickly. And I think it goes back literally to what we just said here as well, which is it really shows, you know, what makes sense to me, which is almost justifying the presence and the usage around the platform for um, for both the creators and the brands. What I'm now wondering, and I'm asking almost you, Becca, is obviously one of the bigger audiences, especially on Instagram, is also the one of the consultants or the solopreneurs or the freelancers. And there is part of me that wonders whether... Instagram is still their strongest place to be. Let me go on to that. We have seen and been debated a lot about the rise of ads (laughs) on Instagram, like everywhere. And I think this is really what Instagram has been pushing a lot of these people. It's like, if you want to grow, if you want to get conversions, if you want to get more leads, ads, 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 ads. But then there's part of me that almost feel like, again, is almost switching the, uh, flipping the switch. I was going to say something else. And looking at, you know, if I'm putting all this effort into the video element and this discoverability through video, then I'm going to go on TikTok. And yes, you can still use Reels for discoverability and such. But again, it's not a bad thing. It's just like a objective observation, I guess. I can see Instagram being like, you know what, we're actually going to expand even more so the opportunities for the creators and the brands. Brands giving them more e-commerce opportunities, whether it's just tagging their products in posts but also things like, for example, affiliate uh, links with influencers and creators. And we're going to give creators also more opportunities by giving them the education and the tools, which almost leads me thinking, you know, where where would we direct these people that are a massive part of Instagram, especially the, again, the freelancers, the consultants, the solopreneurs, the coaches, whoever they are. You know, a lot of them have been flocking over to Pinterest and even like, oh, LinkedIn, maybe I should use it. I think this is, and also TikTok, because they felt, well, if I'm going to do all this video, then TikTok actually feels quite easy and a bit still a bit less stylized. So I don't know. This is obviously just me kind of thinking out loud. It doesn't mean they're going to go away, but I feel Instagram is actually making up their mind where to focus their attention on. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing but I don't know if that's literally the audience that they're really are targeting right now. Yeah, it's a tough one. And you got me thinking about how previously a lot of these features on Instagram were gatekept basically by how many followers you have. And I think now we've come around 
Instagram have come around to be like, oh, actually, the number of followers you have, it should not be a qualifier at all. Because, you know, we talk about micro influencers quite a lot, and just creators owning their niche. And you can own your niche without having a million followers. Like that's We've learned that that's not how it works. And again, things like engagement rate and stuff is so low as you get bigger. So from if you were looking to work with somebody, you'd be like, oh, I want someone with good engagement. You know, I, I don't care as much if they've got crazy amounts of followers. So I think that Instagram, all these changes they're putting in place, you know, being able to share links, this tagging feature and probably more things will come out soon. Um, is a good indication that Instagram now value uh, creators more and are shifting because we all remember when it was like, oh, I need 10,000 followers to share the link and da, da, da. But it it does, you raise a good question about people and where is Instagram going to continue to be like a long-term sort of solution or is Pinterest going to swoop in there? I feel like that could still happen. I feel like they might be able to exist in parallel. Oh, I don't know. It is, it's a tough one. And I feel like we don't know because Instagram are throwing quite a lot of updates out into the universe right now. I feel like this is sort of the calm before Pinterest goes, okay, you're making a lot of changes. We'll do that too. You know, I don't know how to, it's hard to see if, if this, what's going to happen in the next three or six months or so. I don't know. I don't know. But it's, it is very interesting to see how they're valuing their creators, you know? Again, this is us putting prediction hats on, by the way. I want to say, obviously, we genuinely don't know yet. And this is why Ashton is a really uh, hard one to answer. But you raised an excellent point there that made me think about, to me, it's a sigh of relief, by the way, is almost, you know, people accepting they can coexist in different platforms and nurture a couple more. And I'm, I've always been a fan of that, to be quite honest, maybe because I like more than one platform. Again, sorry, Snapchat, not you, but I like everything else. So I like to kind of dabble and be active on the different platforms. It's just how I am. And I guess that's why we do this podcast, because I like to explore them and talk about them. And I, the only people that I can see maybe being a bit struggling a bit is the people that are really invested on Instagram as their place to find leads and to teach people how to use Instagram to find leads. Because this is where I would probably go and be like, actually, no, you can be a lot more holistic. Find again, maybe Instagram is one of your platforms, but find two or three, maybe stronger platforms that you can really focus your attention on. And is a reminder that, again, we talk about this in our certification. Yes, use social to uh, build the public community, but then bring them into your private space with different strategies that we talk to and we talk about in altmarketingschool.com slash learn certification. Uh, I'm not going to like tell you everything about that, but the whole point is these private strategies then obviously build the internal community and is a great reminder that you shouldn't rely only on social, even if we love it so much. Because as you said, there was a meme going around of, actually it was a TikTok audio, but also a meme about like every single time that, Adam or Sarah goes live or posts a video or does something and you're like, oh my God, what's happening now? So if you are <laughs> if you are a social media person, you would know that every single time then Adam or gonna goes up, is live, there's a video of him, you're like, oh my God, what are we changing right now? And um, to me, it's actually a positive change. It's almost like, okay, as you said, we're trying to find some direction. We're kind of seeing where the platform hopefully is going and it means we can actually open up to more opportunities and play a bit more. And 
I don't know, this is probably coincidental, but it's really interesting to see talking about Pinterest that, for example, Pinterest also is opening up a bit more, especially is pin ideas or idea pins, always confuses me, is opening up uh, different avenues and ways to share their idea pins. And it's a small thing, but I find it almost as a way, as well as a lot of updates that happened after the um, Creator Summit, to really push you know, Pinterest outside of its Pinterest microcosmos. Now that I feel, again, speculation, they might be a bit more confident about their direction and where they're going. And they can see some of their features actually having a lot more impact. So it's a kind of interesting so that you can download them and you can almost do like a TikTok watermark style sharing. So you can share them with a little watermark. So it almost encourages you to actually create a bit more content natively on that. It's probably also a way just to kind of push things through. But I think because they actually started thinking about it, and implementing it, it really shows that Pinterest is appreciating its new direction and is trying to find new ways to push it. So I find it interesting too. We haven't talked about at all that conference. I need to find out and make sure that we put it back into our little dashboard because there's a lot of interesting stuff that came out of it, but I think it deserves to start an episode with that. So we'll stay tuned. I'm, I'm going to ping it in my head for next week to talk about it. I don't know if you watched it, but there's a lot of stuff that came out of that one. And it was really interesting, that Pinterest conference. It's on my list of catch-up required things. <laughs> then we can talk about it together. It's fine. We can start with that together. I can I can spill the tea for everyone, dear listener, and Becca yeah. as well. But yeah, tell me what you think about this. It's a small update, but it really made me think, and I appreciated it. This almost kind of like idea pins literally becoming TikToks that you can reshare with more to that. I don't know. I don't know. Um, um, at first, I was like, oh okay but then I was just like mm, no um <laughs> I think there's going to be a problem because it's got the watermark right it does have the watermark yeah so uh, I know that TikTok has kind of like almost started this trend I guess of oh just repurpose your TikToks put them on Instagram put them on Pinterest I put my TikToks on Pinterest if I'm honest but I know that having the TikTok watermark will have like a negative impact so Pinterest being like, hey, here you go. Do something that we know won't work on other platforms. Seems a little bit kind of like, mm, you're, you're telling me to do something, but you, you kind of know it's not going to work. But what I do like is, I suppose the format, like I was thinking, because, okay, so personal experience, I find I haven't made as many idea pins as I would have liked because I feel like they're a bit more they're not difficult to make but they're just you just make them differently it's just a slightly different process to tiktok and i'm more like tiktok brain or instagram reels actually i find it quite easy to swap between those two but idea pins i'm like uh, uh, you know so i did like the fact that if you do make them it's like oh you can share them you know these are easier to share elsewhere blah 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 great but yeah it just seemed a little bit like a a false sort of hype around it I was like oh oh that doesn't make sense you know so I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure how I feel I'm gonna raise a point a point to try and win you over a bit more no. I 100% with you on that I think that's it's cheeky to me more than like oh yeah I didn't think it's through it's really cheeky because what they're trying to do is almost instead of like resharing to uh, to amplify your reach and reuse it as a way to create more content it's almost like mm-hmm. use idea pins to me that's how I see it cheeky as a way to Pinterest to say 
it's time for you to start talking about your Pinterest profile somewhere else instead of just Pinterest. Use idea pins as a great example of content that you can actually reshare somewhere else to encourage people to come to your profile. Because that is one of the problems when you think about it. Like, I think that's uh, not so smart, but still understated way that some people use, you know, literally TikTok with watermarks. They put it in their stores and they're like, watch my latest yeah. TikTok because they have a smaller audience on TikTok. So I'm going to, again, reframe it this way. That's how I saw it working interestingly in a positive way instead of repurposing it, purposes, more of a, hey, I'm active on Pinterest. I do these things. They're slightly different. Go and check it out. Because I think that's what Pinterest is missing as well, a bit more. It's like, you know, people don't push their audiences enough onto Pinterest unless it's their existing mm-hmm. audience. So, yeah, I'm just debate here, debate right. station. No, I get, do you know what? Actually, that's a really good point. And I, the watermark is doing a lot of talking without talking, you know? Yeah. Because I, oh, fab. This is a good idea. I think I'm sold. You're welcome, kids. <laughs> I'm here every week. <laughs> Potentially with too much caffeine, but I'm here every week to <laughs> to make you think and make you... Hmm. But, and you know what? I heard a thousand percent I heard your point, and I think actually that's a very valid point, and that's why it's also like Pinterest, what are you doing? But then you double down and you look back, you're like, wait a second. Hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't, you know, you want me to use it so that I can tell people, oh, by the way, I do stuff on Pinterest. Go and check it out. And idea pins are much better than a static pin. You know what I mean? Like, eh, quite honest, that's the content that they want you to consume a bit more mindfully because the pins are usually you save it or you click on it, as simple as that. But then the idea pins are are what really helps the engagement. So that's how I see it. But again, team. Tune in next week as we're going to go through um, some of the outtakes and the takeaways from the Pinterest Summit because I think we're going to be even more than that. Just wanted to leave us with some food for thought. That's all. Can I finish off with something brief that we were lolling about before we went on air? Ready? Becca, do you know what I'm going to talk about? What is the last thing I'm going to finish? Uh, 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 do it. Do it. I think I, think I know. Clubhouse. <gasps> Get on Clubhouse. <laughs> bless we do love your clubhouse that's how we started this whole thing so you know we don't want to poo-poo you that's actually how we started this if anybody remembers let us know just just message us let us know if you remember the little audio chats that we did and then we're like we should turn this into a podcast but bless i love that they launched uh, a new wave bar that's what they call it and it's here to encourage more direct engagement in the app and kind of get people to work together and see who's around and kind of like start conversations with them and do private rooms. And I think it's really cute, <laughs> but it's also part of me. It's like, why? That's, that's, that's the one I'm going to leave it, Becca. It's like, why? Yeah, I, I, Clubhouse, I feel like that prompt to speak to your friends, why would you not just phone them or voice note them why do you need a clubhouse room to do that i get that there's you know it's, it could be a, a springboard for you know you could open it up other people might join you might have the best clubhouse you've ever had and there's opportunities there but i don't think you could see who was online anyway i guess it was a bit hidden but i seem to remember it being quite like invite your friends these people are online do you want to invite them kind of thing you know when you go into a room so uh 
I also think, though, it's quite a clever way of them being able to hop onto the story format without doing stories because it looks, at first glance, the interface is like, oh, we all recognise that. We all know how that works, kind of, although this is going to start a conversation. But I think that's quite clever because if if Clubhouse turned around and said, hey, guys, we're going to have stories, I would have, I probably would have cried a little bit. They don't need to do that. But, you know... (laughs) You actually made a good point. I was looking at it again. So if you go into our weekly news that come out every every Monday, you can actually see, obviously, the mention of this. And you're right. When you look at it, it generally looks like stories without being stories. And I agree with you, though, as well. I think it's kind of nice in a way, but then also I haven't literally opened the Clubhouse app. The only, it's smart. The only reason why I know something is happening or I get reminded is because they keep changing their avatar or the, or the logo in the app. So it's kind of smart because it reminds you that it exists. But that's pretty much where it leads to me and that's where it stops. So it's interesting. Again, I think it's a way for them to try and figure out what's the next stage of Clubhouse and how to actually kind of keep things fresh without necessarily adding too much. It's it's hard because we talked about it last week. So obviously, if you listen to last week's episode, there's a lot to be said about what audio content is going and I, again, this kind of the live content, I think is a great addition. And we've seen it with spaces as well. Things are evolving. We'll talk about it more in depth in the future as well. But yeah, I'm just like, because that's all the Clubhouse does, even if now we do have recordings and catch-ups, I still find that, I don't know. I don't know if this is what the users needed on Clubhouse really. But again, also sadly, I'm not a super user. So I appreciate that probably that's not my best place to talk from because I don't use it enough to know. But from an external perspective, that's where my my sceptical hat comes on. And I'm like, hmm, interesting. We went for a lot today. I feel like we did a a good old dent at a lot of things. Yeah, it's good. Good sesh. Good sesh. And as I mentioned, and I uh, already kind of like sprinkled around so that both of us can do our homework, we will bring you some uh, takeaways and ideas from the Pinterest Summit, which was more advertisement, but there was a lot of different things they talk about. So it's really interesting. School printers present so and it was tan france as well from queer eye so i should definitely kind of catch up with some of the things that happened there because love good old tan france so but in the meantime obviously if you have any questions you can let us know first of all i mentioned it briefly but uh, cohorts applications are still open so and this is a time of listening if you're listening right on time on monday is the last couple of days to access our early bird price for the next cohort so go to allmarketingschool.com slash learn to apply nice and swift and we'd love to see you there we're going to start in may this is our spring and summer cohort before we're back for autumn so that's kind of where we're at if you have any questions for us alt marketing school on instagram alt mark school on twitter i'm at fab giovanetti if you want to you know, do just a position of my face onto the fresh bot <laughs> video. What about yourself, Becca? You can go to at Becca Social on all of the platforms and I'll be there waiting. Thank you so much for listening. Head to oldmarketingschool.com to find out more about the topics that we covered in this week's class. If you want to make your teachers happy, then hop onto iTunes and leave us a five-star review. Oh, and don't forget to spread the love on Instagram at Old Marketing School. Until next time.